1: Good morning. It is Friday, August 25th. It is five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. I'm there at Casey Daniels 317. And normally we're... Get back here. Normally we're both on YouTube. Uh, If you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar, Rob, I I don't know if you have the YouTube feed pulled up, but uh, a beautiful, beautiful woman, the first lady of WIBC, decided to crash in our show. I called her in here for support since you're you're not in the studio today yeah
2: the the fabulous the vivacious the talented Terry Stacy hmm and Terry, of course, hosts uh, First Day, which you can hear Sundays on WIBC. And I've told her many times before, Casey, that my favorite part of my Sunday is rolling to Life Church in Noblesville, listening to Terry Stacey conduct fabulous interviews with great Hoosiers and people who make the state great. And it is literally like going back in a time capsule and recapturing some of my favorite parts of my youth, listening to Terry Stacey.
1: Can you... you wrote it just like I wrote. You read it just like I wrote it. <laughs> Bye. You're the best. Thanks for coming in, Terry. Thank you, guys. <laughs> okay. uh, see you later. All right. Sorry about that. That was a little impromptu. Uh, the ladies of WIBC together. On YouTube. How about that?
2: I Let's, think you got I really think, Casey, you and Terry should just take the last hour. True story. I've tried no fewer than 50,000 times to get Terry to be the fill in when you're gone. Mm-hmm. And every time she says, and I quote, no, absolutely
1: not. <laughs> she doesn't like talking politics <laughs> with you. That's why she's so well liked. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's why her blood pressure is down low as well. Uh, somebody whose blood pressure is probably raising just a little bit is Ron DeSantis because according to a new poll, according to the 538 Poll. He performed the best in the first GOP presidential debate. He edged out Vivek Ramaswamy 29% to 26%. And that, of course, is not your personal opinion. This is according to a poll.
2: Yeah. So what was it? Five thirty eight and Ipsos did the, po- uh, the did the poll along with the Washington Post, I think, were who the people who conducted mm-hmm. this poll. And look, politics is like dating. Right. There is no right or wrong answer. It's whatever you want. So, for example, and I know Kev is going to smile as I say this because he always does when we bring up him and his dating. But Kev may have a certain type that is appealing to him. And I may look at that and go, wow, Kev, you are way off face with that one and yet another person might look at that and go wow Kev you have totally narrowed it down to the absolutely perfect match I can't agree with you anymore and that's what politics is some people look at Ron DeSantis and his awkwardness and his goofy grin and of course now that that meme is going Mm -hmm. around now of him that's being shared yes absolutely and there's all sorts of funny captions with it and people will go oh my gosh this guy's such a weirdo I can't vote for him and then there are people and I think we fit into this camp Casey who will say yeah, Ron DeSantis is plastic man and a weirdo, but I don't need to like my president. I don't need to like my governor. I don't need to hang out with these people. I simply want someone who will do the job effectively, and I'm okay with acknowledging Ron DeSantis is kind of an aloof weirdo. It is it's just all what you want. It is exactly like dating and picking a spouse.
1: Okay, so DeSantis earned a five-point bump from the— pre-debate to the post-debate among those people who watched it they would consider voting for him and ramaswamy also enjoyed a bump he got a six-point bump and it was uh nikki haley who really scored big with a seven-point spike from those who would consider voting for her and uh she she came in third on this poll at 15 percent but um after the debate, of course, the other people who were still in the one digits, like Mike Pence and Tim Scott and Asa Hutchinson and even Doug Who Bergham, uh, you know, they're making their rounds. The The meeting after the meeting, right? They have to go on all the talk shows to dis- discuss their performance. And Chris Christie was asked, because of all of, the debuts, all of the boos at the debate, if he felt like he doesn't have a chance anymore, his answer of course not um
0: you got a lot of people booing you and unlike uh ronald reagan example that he was not booed by many in his own party at the time did you get a sense with that exchange governor um that you don't have a chance at this nomination not at all and in fact look the hall
3: is a small group of people compared to our republican party across the country and that's why you know neil if you look at the newest poll that's come out of new hampshire just three days ago i'm now comfortably in second place at 14 percent of the vote clear by margin of error past Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's in second or third place Mm -hmm. and five points ahead of Ron DeSantis, who's now at nine percent.
1: So the one thing about uh, Chris Christie is that the only support he seemed to get were from other people on the stage. He was leaning all night. It was like he couldn't even stand up straight and argue his point.
2: Well, it's funny you said he can't even stand up straight, because I was just getting ready to to say, Casey, he sounds like a guy who told his wife, hey, I'm just meeting my buddy for a drink, and then I'll be home by Mm 7, and then 8 rolls around, and then 9, and then 10, and then 11, and about 11.30, you stumble in, and your wife asks, where the hell were you? And he... He's coming up with the logical reason about why him being four hours late was is, is totally fine and you shouldn't be mad at him.
1: So Nikki Haley, she had a little bit of a clash with ABC's George Stephanopoulos uh, over the claim. She, at some point during the b- debate, said that Joe Biden wouldn't finish his term. And uh, George, he was questioning her about that, and they kind of got into it quite understand
3: part of your answer today. Uh, the Republican nominee likely be running against not Kamala Harris, but Joe Biden. Why would it be better to vote for a convicted felon than President Joe Biden?
0: Well, you're assuming that he's convicted and you're assuming he's going to be the nominee. No, George, you and asked a question that was those. based
3: on that assumption and you said you would vote for him.
0: Well, first of all, a vote for Joe Biden is a vote for Kamala Harris. You know that and I know that. There is no way
1: that Joe Biden's gonna finish his term. I think Kamala Harris is gonna be the next president and that should send a chill up every American's spine. But I also think the fact that we have a primary. Primary Excuse me, excuse me one Americans second, How do you know that Joe Biden's the- not gonna finish his term? What is that based on? Ask Americans, do you think he's going to finish his term? Do you think that he's actually going to finish what he started? We look at the decline he's had over the last few years. You have to be honest with the American people, George. There's no way that Joe Biden's going to finish out a next term. So she seemed the most composed to me uh, in some of the questions after going back and, and rethinking all of their answers, I had mentioned yesterday, I thought that she was, um, very forthcoming and transparent when it came to the abortion conversation that they were having. And she was actually citing numbers. Mike Pence was saying that 70% of Americans believe in the, the 15 week. And she was saying, yes, but you don't have the votes to make that happen. Um, and at one point people were attacking her because she was talking over, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy at one point and then Rhonda Santis and they were it was like they were saying that she was being rude well the other men on the stage were doing the same thing. Why was she being singled out as being called rude?
2: Oh, here we go. Yeah. It turns into a man-hating session. Well, it's 10, no, 13 no, no, no. in the morning, I'm Casey. Just, I'm just
1: saying, you know what? <laughs> the men on the stage were doing the same thing, and they weren't being called rude.
2: Well, they're all clowns, Casey. And this is the problem with like this poll that says, I think DeSantis won, and I think Ramaswamy won. And I'm. A... it doesn't matter. Again, we talked about this yesterday. It's like going to a JV basketball game where there is some guy. Guy who looks awesome in the JV game? Wow, Teddy poured in seven three pointers and had 35 points. You should call him up to the varsity. And then <laughs> Teddy goes up to the varsity and he rides the pine because there's such a huge gap between being a, you know, even a very good JV player and a, even a decent varsity basketball player. That's what these people are, Casey. It's like Trump is so, so far ahead of them that there's nothing they're going to be able to do that you're going to say, wow, DeSantis could really close the gap with Trump or Wa- Ramaswamy, he was so witty and charming. I'm I'm with him now. It's just they didn't get the numbers to do that. I mean, they, they get that 12.5 million people. That's the that's the establishment nerd cl- class for the most part. I mean, I, look, I get we <laughs> watch and the media watches it. it's our job, but the regular folks were watching Trump.
1: Okay, so uh, Mike Pence, of course, he's been touting that he's the only one with the experience and that he'll be ready on day one. Many people thought that he came across as too forceful and out of character, but he had something to say about his performance at the debate.
2: This shows you how frustrated people are with Washington, D.C. I mean, President Joe Biden and the Democrats uh, uh, have literally failed the American people at home and abroad. And, uh, uh, And I thought we had a good vigorous debate. Uh, about the way forward for our country. but for me, I wanted to make sure people knew. The reason I'm in this
3: race is because I think the country's in a lot of trouble and in all humility. Uh, I believe
2: that because of my years as vice president, because of my years leading Indiana as governor, because of my years <laughs> as our conservative leader in the House of Representatives that I'll be ready day one to turn this country around and give us government as good as our people.
1: He said the reason that he's in this race is to help the country. Rob, do you have a different idea of why he's in this race?
2: Oh, uh, well, Casey, uh, you just <laughs> teed that up for me. God bless you. My dad, when I was five years old, he used to put the ball on the tee for me, and he he could not have done any better than, uh, than you just did. Of course, he's in this race because he's a 23-year-old you're, you're con man grifter, right? I mean, <laughs> Mike Pence is doing everything within his power to avoid working a real job. And I will continue to ask this question. Mike Pence, between the United States Congress, governor of Indiana, and vice president, and you can't really count vice president because that's – I mean, he was in government, but the, those aren't his accomplishments. It was, it was Trump calling the shots. But what is the signature thing of Mike Pence? 23 years since the year 2000, Mike Pence has been actively involved in the state or federal government. What is the signature thing of Mike Pence where you say, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad Pence was there. It never could have been done without him. This amazing thing. And no one ever answers that question because it doesn't exist.
1: So seven percent of potential Republican voters who skipped watching the debate, where were they? Of course, they were watching the Donald Trump interview with Tucker Carlson and now even CBS News. CBS News is saying what you have been saying, Rob, and that is that Trump is now the one who is in control of the narrative.
3: I got of tell you, watching him walk up those stairs and give that press statement with the roar of the engine behind him, it's just so symmetrical to those gaggles he did with the press at the White House with Marine One's propellers roaring or the engine roaring of the plane behind him. The optics here are just jumping out at me as something that if he can control, he seems to be controlling to his advantage, primetime TV across America.
1: And it's interesting that CBS said that Trump is controlling primetime TV. It actually wasn't TV that uh, 250 million people were watching him on. Uh, But yes, even when he's being indicted and arrested, he was controlling the TV as they all had their overhead shots of his caravan going into the Fulton County Jail in Georgia. Yes, go ahead. Casey. No, no, go ahead. What well, were... no, I
2: was just—I was just going to say, uh, let's take a break. When we come mm-hmm. back, can we play this uh, audio from the governor of New York? Yeah, this, this is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, she wants help and she needs help. Seventeen after ten, <laughs> it's Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. 21 minutes after 10 you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC so the governor of New York Kathy Hochul she delivered a public address yesterday calling on the White House to take executive action to combat the ongoing illegal migrant crisis she emphasized the need to uh, integrate migrants into New York City through work and housing initiatives and she requested that the Biden administration invest heavily in settling the communities of asylum seekers. She wants more money, Uh, Rob.
2: Yeah, I'm so glad you put this on our template. Full disclosure, Casey did all the work for today's show, and (laughs) uh, she deserves just an absolute world of credit for that. So you have the governor of New York, just like governors and mayors of other cities and states, who have created this problem by when they knew a problem wouldn't exist, posturing, grandstanding, if you will, saying, oh, we would love to have all of these people. We would love to have all these illegal immigrants. Oh, those heartless, the heartless Trump administration and the heartless evil governor of Texas and Arizona, just denying these evil Republicans, denying these people the right to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Come see us. It's easy to to say that when you do not believe someone will take you up on the offer now they're being taken up on the offer and they're saying whoa 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 we didn't well i mean you know we can't really take care of this somebody's got to help us do
1: this Mm -hmm. yeah here she is asking for more money that's why today i have sent a letter to president Biden formally requesting immediate executive action in four key areas first expedited work authorization, so we can get these people out of shelters and into the jobs. Financial support for federal housing vouchers, schools, healthcare, legal services, case management, and shelter for us to provide to these asylum seekers. The use of more federal facilities to construct new temporary shelters. And reimbursement for the cost of our National Guard, which have been on the ground at these shelters throughout the state. Since last year. So, what about the actual uh, people who, New Yorkers, who are looking for work and their families need financial support? And what about her wanting New York to be a sanctuary city? You know, the floodgates are open, there are 141 different gates along the southern border. And the majority of those are open by the federal government. Now, she's saying that this is a federal government problem. So it originated with the federal government and it must be resolved through the federal government. And it's not New York's problem or responsibility to solve it.
2: Well, she's right and she's wrong. Which one would you prefer to have first? Casey? Mm
1: -hmm. Both. Uh, Let's let's do she's right.
2: OK, so she's right in the sense of it is a federal government problem. The problem with her stating that is what she wants to do would make the problem worse. It's not like she's saying this is a federal government problem and the federal government has failed to secure the southern border and we've got to send these people back where they came from and we've got to stop inviting them into the country and we've got to build the wall. If she were saying those things that I have sympathy for the, the, the issue with what she's saying on that is she wants more of the stuff because the Democrats want more of the stuff. And in this case, the stuff is as many people in this country who will be long-term dependent upon government services because they believe those people will be reliable Democrat voters because they'll get the credit for letting the people in the country. So she wants to have her cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. That's that's the first part of this. The second part is these illegal immigrants are being dropped off in your city in this case, or your state, You can apply both with New York, because you, people like you, the Democrats, the Democrat mayors and governors said, we want to be a sanctuary city. We want these people. You didn't really want them. I mean, it's like that time, Casey, when you first started working here and I said... Casey, you're more than welcome to come over and watch the Notre Dame football game at my house. And mm-hmm. you said, well, oh, gosh darn it, Rob, I'm going to take you up on that. Mm-hmm. How big of an ass would I have been to say, whoa, I didn't really mean it. I was just being nice. <laughs> <laughs> come on.
1: <laughs> I, I showed up anyway, didn't I? <laughs> but
2: but I, the difference is I said it because I meant it. And we loved having you guys here. And you guys totally screwed the entire Notre Dame season by leaving <laughs> at <laughs> halftime of the we, Ohio State game. Hey,
1: by the way, uh, do they, they have a game tomorrow, don't they? In,
2: in, in Ireland, Ireland, yes. Yeah. In, uh, against the Navy, yes, absolutely. Uh, that'll be 2.30 uh, tomorrow for Notre Dame. But the point on all this is, I offered that to you because I actually meant it. We wanted you to feel welcome and come over and get to feel like you're a part of the community and our our family, etc. These people didn't really want these illegal immigrants. They just wanted to say it for posturing and now that they have them, it'd been like if I have looked at you and Casey and said, I didn't really mean it. You're not really welcome.
1: I'm just kidding. So millions <laughs> (laughs) of illegal immigrants crossing the southern border. Some of them are on a terror watch list. We have fentanyl pouring into all of our communities, even here in Indiana. And, uh, you know, Joe Biden's response is to sell off Part, part of the wall. I mean, uh, you know, this is the stuff that the Border Patrol needs down there. And of course, uh, Kathy Hochul, she's blaming the Texas governor for a lot of this as well. All right, Rob, we've got some voicemails coming up. Oh, yep, I did that great. part of your job today, great. too. And uh, we've got some comments on what's going on in Boone County. Somebody has a question for you. Somebody is angry with you. Oh, and great. We also have a riddle. So we We have a lot to get to coming up with voicemails. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
2: It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN.
3: I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine.
1: It is 1033. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. The phone number, if you'd like to contribute, 317-684-8444. So the Wilson Farm Market, it's been around for about 40 years and uh, the market known for selling lots of cheese and bread and they've got that huge corn, uh, I I don't know, it's it's, it's a fake corn stalk, but it's out front that uh, I've had my picture taken with, but they're now being uprooted. And uh, part of that is because of the state of Indiana's Department of Transportation using its power of an em- eminent domain to buy the property for public use. It's also happening. We've had the Loves on the show, and they've been talking about how their property, uh, the state, wants to purchase it. And, uh, Rob, somebody called in to comment about what's going on in their area of Boone County.
0: Yes, hi, Kendall and Casey. Um, I live in Boone County, talking about the fields being gone and overrun by houses, what have you, um, property taxes doubling. Schools are built being built uh, in a field behind our houses in Boone County now. So I don't think if you have children in school that you need to be having your property taxes raised as well.
1: So that's kind of a double whammy, Rob. He's talking about what's going on in Boone County and also um, the housing developments that we were talking about yesterday.
2: Uh, Yes, Casey, and I think I'm uniquely qualified to comment on this. Casey, did you know that as an elected official, I passed the largest municipal property tax rate reduction in state history? I've heard that. Uh, that, So I think I'm uniquely qualified to answer this person's question. Uh, government is not rocket science. If I could figure out how to do it, anybody should be able to figure out how to do it. And what it is, it is an irresponsible. Look, I think at this point it's almost a fetish, right? It, at this point, it's almost a fetish of addiction to growth. And what happens is these people get an elected office and you have some very low IQ people oftentimes, but you also have some very ambitious people. And when you combine the low IQ people who don't read, who don't know, who don't understand what's Going on, They're often also very weak people with the politically ambitious people. You have a recipe for disaster. And what happens is the ambitious people view. And I was around these people and I, and I saw it. It's easy to get suckered into it. You have to really, really remove yourself. The politically ambitious people believe the growth is the bright shiny object is what will allow me to ascend up the ladder right like I brought X amount of businesses to town or we got a swimming pool or a a rec center or in Noblesville that ridiculous building they're building for the minor league basketball team or the hockey arena in Fishers and that's how these politicians predominantly mayors but sometimes town and city council people judge their worth judge their ascension is how many bright shiny objects did I build how many bright shiny objects did I bring rather than did I actually preserve the character and history of the area and improve the quality of life for the people that lived here, and that is not a priority for most of the people running these communities.
1: Okay, so Todd Young, you know, it was just a little just just a little over a year ago that that CHIPS Act was signed, and he says that uh, he wants Indiana to be an official tech hub for the United States. And, of course, part of this uh, land that we're talking about in Boone County is this tech corridor that they want to build. And that fa- Phase 1 was the process of, of getting these tech hub- hubs named. Now, Phase 2 is getting a share of the $500 million worth of funding for Phase 2. Um, what, do, what do you think about this, the the CHIPS Act and how tech Todd Young wants to make Indiana this, this tech hub for the country.
2: Well, let's call the CHIPS Act what it was. Todd Young gave away billions of dollars from poor and middle-class people. Let's call it what it is. It was printed money. So it'll be future generations of poor and middle-class people who were given billions of dollars by the federal government, by Todd Young, to enrich and embolden some of the largest, most powerful corporations in the world. It's the federal government version of what Eric Holcomb did in Boone County, where he took the power and might of the state of Indiana. We've had the Loves on the show many times. They made us clear. it clear they're the farmers out in Boone County. What they did, they go to these farmers and they basically, you know, make it abundantly clear: you can fight us, but you're going to lose, and then it's going to cost you a bunch of money, and you're going to end up selling to us anyway. So you might as well just sell now. It's the same thing. Todd Young giving that money to these—it's a money giveaway to these mega corporations—is the same level of ridiculous, uh, ridiculousness of Eric Holcomb leading us to believe that Eli Lilly can't put together a real estate deal unless the state of Indiana Indiana's involved. And it is a total lack of respect for the character of the areas, for the history of of these communities. And once it's gone, it's gone.
1: Yeah. Okay. somebody called and asked uh, you a question. Now, you have opined on these very airwaves how you were a fan of Rush Limbaugh. Yes. Uh, Somebody wanted to call and ask your opinion on what would Rush do?
0: Hey, Rob and uh, Casey. I love the show. Just wanted to give you a shout-out on that. I appreciate all you guys do to keep us informed and entertained. But i got a question for Rob. I know both of us are big-time Rush Limbaugh fans. In your opinion, Rob, who do you think Rush Limbaugh would be more in favor of for president? Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump? I uh, look forward to hearing your answer tomorrow.
1: Thank you. Boy, that's such a great question, isn't it? <laughs> I thought that was a good one, too. Well, uh, look, I mean, here, he's, he's asking you to determine what somebody else would have been thinking.
2: Here, so here is what I do know. Shortly before Rush died, one of his final radio shows, he talked about what the left was going to do to Donald Trump in terms of the weaponization of justice in this country against him. And he's been proven 100 percent exactly correct. And so by that standard, I think the newer version or the more recent version of of, uh, Rush Limbaugh would have supported Donald Trump. However, the traditional conservative governance, champion of traditional conservative governance that led Rush to prominence, and he was one of the first guys articulating this on the radio, uh, I think would have been for DeSantis because Trump's not a conservative. Trump didn't govern as a conservative. And so I think Rush would probably be – internally pretty torn on who he would support. I realize that's a total non-answer, but gosh darn it, Casey, Mm -hmm. that's a phenomenal
1: question. Yeah, that was a good one. Okay, we've got another call, uh, somebody talking about how they watched uh, the Donald Trump interview with Tucker Carlson first, but while the debate was going on, and then left it halfway through uh, because he wanted to see what Vivek and DeSantis were all about, and here are his thoughts on Vivek Ramaswamy.
0: I went I watched the Trump and Tucker thing first, and then I watched—I didn't watch all of it, but I watched the debate. I didn't watch all the debate, is what I mean. Um, I was originally a Trump person, and then I went to DeSantis. The and there's something—there's something odd. There's something that's not vibing right with Vivek Radhaslami. Uh I don't know. I, kind of got the idea that Chris Christie might be a little right, is that he starts start Vivek's stealing line from Obama, uh, and there's the whole thing how Vivek, when he was in college, you know, already was a millionaire, and then he took George, or he took Soros' family money, not George Soros, but one of Soros' relatives, I guess, for a... Um, and then the whole thing about him being inconsistent on mass—there's uh, something not vibing right with that guy. Like he's saying all the things, but I feel like he's just saying them to get the attention. I don't think I could ever vote for him. Um, I—if I, somehow he's the nominee, I—I I don't know if I would vote for him because it just seems like you know, I almost get like a wolf in sheep's clothing vibe off of him. So that's my input on him.
1: Okay, so he's talking about during the debate at one point, he said uh, a skinny guy with a funny name, which was very similar to a line that Barack Obama used. And then he even referenced Barack Obama saying, hey, you you hugged. He was talking to Chris Christie and said you hugged him and and Obama ended up winning. So come give me a hug. So isn't that giving him the nod to Obama not being plagiarized? He 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 admitted, yeah, that's exactly what Obama said.
2: Well, you've got to decide: do you want an outsider or do you want traditional politician? And if you want an outsider, somebody who—by by that I mean somebody who doesn't come from the traditionally gay, I was a governor or a congressman or a senator or whatever—then you're going to have to take a flyer on somebody because you have no idea what these people actually are until they get in there. Now, Rama, the deal with Ramaswamy, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. That, I mean, I'm just take the the Soros stuff that's supposedly coming out on him. He's going to get investigated now that he's a legitimate player mm-hmm. in the whole thing the tweets already out there about him with masking etc and you got to do you really got to do your own research on these outsider guys because they don't have a record in terms of governance but if that's your concern You already know what the rest of these guys are. Now, this guy didn't say, I don't think, who he's for. If you said, hey, I'm for DeSantis because he was a rock solid conservative, reliably liberty and freedom governor, okay, cool. But if you're just your concern is, hey, this guy's a little sketchy, all these guys are a little sketchy, Casey. (laughs) That's
1: just what level. He's talking about a scholarship that Vivek took while he was in college. I believe that he had about $2 million of his own money, and he ended up taking a scholarship. And uh, you have to, I don't know the answer I haven't looked it up myself was this a scholarships are based on need and then there's merit and if it was a merit-based scholarship well then what's the problem if somebody wants to pay for his education they can um i've heard a few people saying there's something a little off about him the vibe there's there's a rub there what is it and again i'm gonna go back to something that i said earlier and i think you know what we're used to a guy who can't even complete a sentence and vivek ramaswamy um now i have not completely vetted him 100 so i don't know but He's intelligent, and is this just something we're not used to hearing from a politician who's currently in office?
2: Uh, Casey, it's easy to put the blinders on when you're in love, so I would just use that as a, a <laughs> cautionary tale to you. Somebody
1: sent me a message and said, "You're picking a president, not a boyfriend." I know these are the <laughs> jokes, people. All right, let's do one more. Kevin, can we uh, can we move on to number seven? Uh, somebody else was. We had a conversation about the houses and um, the developments that are being made, and how we have these cookie cutter houses. Somebody called in with a comment about that.
0: I heard what you said about. Um the houses and how they were being built um, and finding that odd. I find something a little odd myself um, on the massive housing developments that they're building um, for the low-income and single families. Um, And I find very odd the location they're being built on in the major cities of the state. Um, But, hey, I got a riddle for you. What is the difference between... A conspiracy theory and the truth? Well, the answer is a week. You guys have a great day. I
2: love you guys. You are the best. Uh, Casey, can I just say I love how you even number the voicemails. Casey is our, is so meticulous in how she does things. When I do the voicemails, I just label them, and then Kev, like 20 seconds before I go back on the air, goes, which voicemails are we doing? And I'm like, oh, man, I forgot which ones I even pulled. Kev, quickly scribble these down. Casey's like, you're going to need number 832
1: on the voicemail." <laughs> That's my OCD coming out. Let's keep, let's keep it all orderly here. Hey, and you know we, what? If the world around us is crazy, I'm going to try and keep my own little bubble as sane as possible.
2: It, it is so funny. I know we got to get to break because we want to do Hammer's Way In when we come back. But yeah. like, we, we'll be during the break, and Casey will be asking me <laughs> things. Hey, are you okay if we do audio number seven and eight, and then we do this story? And I'll just be like, we sure, whatever you want to do. And I Casey just want to know like, where we're headed. She's like, Rob, you're not paying attention. And <laughs> yesterday I just looked at Casey, and I said, Casey, we've been at this for a year and a half. Let me tell you how this is going to go. I don't care what topic you pick. You're going to pick a topic, and I'm going to be surprised by it, and I am just going to respond with the first thing that comes in my head once whatever topic you pick, because that's how I've been doing this show for the better part of seven years. And
1: doing a fantastic job at it. It is 1046 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 1051. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammer joins us in the studio. I like this. You're on camera for our segment. Yes. We had to kick Rob out of here to make that happen. But What
3: well, kind of? tells you what kind of a horrible, rotten radio host Rob is. Because we have the camera during our two-person show in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. and when we have a guest in studio, I'm more than gracious to turn the camera around and showcase (laughs) the guest. But Captain I'm Too Good to Show Up to Work never does that. (laughs) Oh, Rob Katz back there. who uh...
1: Just about to say the same thing. (laughs) You know, think about
3: this. The two biggest flamethrowers we have on this radio station, Mm -hmm. the Hot Take guys, Tony Katz and Rob Kendall, both of them, two chicken you-know-what to come down to big, scary Indianapolis and do their job. You know, I love
2: that the fat guy who doesn't want to be on camera because he's so fat is going to lament a beautiful person like me for wanting the people to see what they came here to see.
3: So here's what we're doing in case somebody is new to your program here. Um, A couple weeks ago, I said, hot damn, I'm fat. And I want to lose (laughs) some weight. And the way this is going to work is every Friday at this time, Mm -hmm. I'm going to come in here into your studio. I'm going to step on the scale And if I tie or lose weight, awesome. Survive in advance. The goal is to lose 50 pounds. If I gain weight, even if it's .1 or two, Mm -hmm. I have to pay $5 into a pot for Rob Kendall to use for God knows what. (laughs) (laughs) It's a year-long competition. I get three timeouts, and we do this every week. And what I love is that some of your listeners, Mm -hmm. some of my listeners, they've been doing this every Friday with us. Nice. So if you're ready to drop some LBs, or try Uh anyway, Uh uh, I'm your Huckleberry. Let's go. All right. You ready to wiggle on over there? So last week, (laughs) the first first week, <laughs> I had a good week. I was down 10. It was yeah. 261. That was amazing. I lose it quick and I gain it quick. Yeah. So 261.0 was last week. Let me yeah. step over to the scale here. All right. Here we go. It's
1: walking on over. I mean, wobbling. Hey! I, I, trying to find new words for waddle. You ready? Do it. All right! Yeah. Shane, Jason Hammer. 257.6 down...
3: About three pounds from last week, we are down about thirteen pounds in two weeks. It's rolling, baby. It's mm-hmm. rolling. And, you
2: know, Hammer. I'd ask you this last time when we did the weight gain, when you were so morbidly obese, and then had the <laughs> rapid uh, weight loss. Do you feel different when you lose that amount of weight in such a short period of time?
3: I was sexy before, <laughs> and I'm sexy now. Um, and I really don't feel any different. I just want my clothes to fit a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I, again, I'm I'm one of those slackers. From in the 90s. I like everything loose. You know, I grew up with the uh, the Fab Five basketball shorts that were like small <laughs> pants that go down. Uh, so that's, you know, what I wear at home when I'm just chilling. I like that kind of stuff. And when that stuff started to get a little tight, I thought, oh, damn, this isn't good. <laughs>
1: you know what I like about Hammer is the transparency and the honesty with his weight. Uh, because really, Donald Trump, 215 pounds? Right. <laughs> Right? Was that what was on his driver's
3: license? Does he have a driver's license? Like, I don't know if he even has a driver's license, but I think a lot of people have a number on their driver's license, whether it's their height, whether it's their weight,
1: mm-hmm. where it
3: hasn't been that way for
1: a Shave while. Shave off just a couple pounds, <laughs> just a few. Hey, you mentioned clothes, and speaking of Donald Trump, tell oh. us about
3: the oh. Hammer and Nigel store. So, by popular demand, we had to act on this quickly. Mm-hmm. We've had people tell us, when that mugshot happens, we want a T-shirt with the mugshot on it. (laughs) Ask for, you shall receive. At the Hammer and Nigel Show merch store, it's a store.hammerandnigel.com. Don't type in the www's. It just makes things weird. Store.hammerandnigel.com. You can get your T-shirt with Donald Trump's mugshot on it,
1: and you can walk around and be the outlaw boss that you are. Fantastic. I hey, saw somebody posted something on Twitter that said that they got one of the T-shirts that they ordered from you. Yes. And it was one of the best days of their life. Love it.
2: Hey, hey, real quick, uh, our bosses have emphatically told us to let everybody know, Monday, Hammer, the tickets for a night with WIBC are going on sale this year.
3: Yes, this is going to be awesome, and uh, we're doing it back at the Historical Society, so... Great place to have it. Get ready, Bow! Mm-hmm. Tickets go on sale Monday. And I want to see everybody in the crowd with Hammer and Nigel Show t-shirts on <laughs> from the Hammer and Nigel Show store. Perfect. Store.hammerandnigel.com. What do you have coming up this afternoon? It's Beer Sample Friday, Casey. Yeah. And with college football getting going, I've got a degenerate special for you. Okay, thank you. You're
1: listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.